With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am. You had better. Get them up. Get them going. It's Thursday. I'll hook them up with Ian Rod B. Our five-hour morning-by-morning sports conversation begins right now on this 16th of November. We have a lot to talk about. Longhorns prepping for their trip to Ames, Iowa. Game number 11 of a 12-game regular season. A lot to talk about. Subplots there. The big weekend of college football kicks off tonight. Also, uh, NFL Week 11 kicks off tonight with a doozy. Heck of a game. Baltimore, where the Ravens will host the Cincinnati Bengals in a very important AFC North contest. We got news from the NFL, obviously, as we uh, crank it up, and certainly a wonderful heck of a day for Texas basketball yesterday. We'll dive into uh, the big day for Rodney Terry and the Horns. Got a win on the floor and a huge win off the floor as far as the future of the program goes. We'll dive into that as well. It's going to be a great Thursday. Weather has been spectacular this week. Hope you're enjoying that somehow. Get out and uh, put the top down, roll the windows down, eat outside, and have lunch, whatever you're doing. Hope you're enjoying sunny and 70 or 72 to be exact, uh, about as good as it gets uh, this week in Austin, Texas. And that's uh, leading us into a big weekend, which starts right now here on 1019 AM 1260. Also streaming on the Horn app, of course, at uh, hornfm.com. Always uh, streaming for you there. And at the website, hornfm.com, uh, Ty Henderson, our producer, has informed me that they're also streaming on our YouTube channel and on, not on Twitch, but on the YouTube channel. So you can listen on YouTube. Nice. If you're used to going there and watching and being a part of it, you can hear it. We don't have our cameras working yet. But uh, you can still go listen. So I want to keep it as regular as possible as we come to you live from the South Austin Onion Creek Studios once again. And we crank up a Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, A lot to do. Five hours begins right now. And look who it is across the uh, room. He is our uh, shutdown corner from the 713. DB High down there. Also DBU. uh, And the 512 right here in Austin, Texas. A lifetime Longhorn if there ever was one. Or number 21 in your program. But uh, number one in our hearts, he's our shutdown corner. He is our football theorist. He's the proud pop of Baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, Rod? Hey, what's up, brother? How are you? I appreciate the Rolling intro. in right on time as usual. Yeah, and I appreciate Door unlocked, and let's go. That's right. I uh, also appreciate the, uh, the hospitality, as always, here at the uh, the home studios. And uh, as we do every morning, uh, let's give a shout-out to those who serve. Of course, uh, we can't thank them enough, but we appreciate all those who serve in any capacity, God, country, or community. Uh, our society built on the selflessness of service, so we appreciate each and every one of you. We know you're up early with us. Uh, doing God's work. So we appreciate that. Uh, first soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, all of you out there. We can't name all of you because there are too many of you, but we want you to know that uh, you are first on our minds in the morning. We appreciate you. First and foremost, no doubt about that, uh, cranking this thing up on a Thursday. And, uh, yeah, big football weekend. You said yesterday at the end of the show you're going to 
You're going to make an appointment to watch this Ravens oh, at yeah, Bengals man. game tonight. Get some good food, crank it up, awesome. and uh, go about 7 o'clock. Good football, man. We've got yeah. really good primetime games this weekend. I mean, the, the Sunday game's not the best, uh, but it's, you know, it's Broncos and Vikings, and Vikings with Josh Dobbs, one of the great stories of the uh, football season so far. But tonight, uh, Ravens, Bengals, and then Monday night, Chiefs-Eagles from Arrowhead yeah, Stadium, the rematch of the Super Bowl. You never get Thursday night games that are this good. I, don't, I can't think of the last time we had Thursday night game that was this good. Maybe the start of the season, right, when you had Chiefs-Lions, right? That was that the, the first it. game of the year. It might be it because it they, they seem like they're always duds. This is far from that. It might end up being a dud, but at least the anticipation is that oh, I, uh, these are two. And where the Bengals are, this I don't say it's a must-win for them, but – they have no shot at all of winning the division at all if they lose this game, pretty much because they've, they've taken a lot of losses in division already. And um, I believe their playoff hopes, too, because considering how competitive the AFC is, you know, they're going to be tenuous if they don't win this game, too. So it's a lot on the line for the Bengals. The Ravens, yeah, I mean, they, they should have won, like, two games this year that they ended up losing. Uh, that game to the Steelers, that was in Division Two, and this game versus the Browns in Division. So for both of these teams, considering they've taken losses in Division, they were unexpected, slow start for the Bengals. And then we just saw the Ravens have been starting like gangbusters, but taking losses in Division. Right. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a right. crucial game for both teams, obviously. Because um, every game, you know, in the Bengals you had been red hot, and then the Texans went in and beat the them Texans with C.J. Cool Stroud's great yeah. performance. <laughs> but, yeah, you've given the stats, Rod. Baltimore 7-3, and three, but it the, should be the 10 number, and 0. Yeah, they should be 10-0. I mean, yeah. it should have, could have, would have in football. We know about that. But they very well could be. And uh, as you've said, the, the teams will put up numbers like they have as far as Dominance. Uh, there are like five teams in the last 40 years that have done what they've done as far as yards per game, offense, defense, and the metrics. And uh, those other four teams were 10-0 and 0 at this point of the year. They're 7-3 and three because they've kind of given some games away. You give the Browns credit for coming back and beating them last week in Baltimore. But, mm-hmm. you know, now Deshaun Watson's out for the year. They're going to turn to Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson there in, in Cleveland. That's a, that's a sad situation or, or mess of a situation for the Browns. But Baltimore 7-3, and three, Pittsburgh and Cleveland 6-3, and three, Cincinnati 5-4. And, and you're right about the Bengals. They fall to 5-5. You know, kind of like the Bills. I mean, they're, they're exactly. getting, getting tenuous now. Uh, Baltimore, though, has been dominant at home. So good football game. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, it's a good thing to look forward to, to uh, yep. get, your, get your Thursday cranking up, and uh, we'll line. certainly look forward to it. Yep. Uh, we'll also get to the Longhorns, and uh, let's get to the headlines. Those start the hour, and this 6 o'clock hours we do each. Uh, get you caught up on the news of your Thursday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. And we'll start with college basketball this morning and a tremendous day and night for the Texas basketball program yesterday. On the floor, Rodney Terry and his 19th-ranked Longhorn shot a season-best 60% from the floor, got double-digit efforts from Tyrese Hunter, Caden Shedrick, and Max Acemas on their way to a win over Rice, 80-64. Hunter, uh, the returning guard, led the way with 18. The two newcomers, Shedrick had 15, Max Acemas had 13. Horns improved to 3-0. Uh, earlier in the day, though, yesterday, the Longhorns earned a massive recruiting win when Trey Johnson, and the number four overall prospect in the 2024 industry rankings committed to Texas. 6'5 scoring machine had narrowed his schools of choice down to Texas and Baylor. And on the final day of the early signing window being open, he joined the Pat McAfee show on ESPN yesterday to announce where he was headed. Trey, if you would like to let the world know where you will be taking your incredible talents next year, we would be honored to be in your presence while doing so. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be going to the University of Texas. Hook 
There you go. Johnson, the highest rated guard to commit to Texas since Avery Bradley back in 2009. He helped lead Dallas Lake Highlands to a 6A state championship last year as a junior. He's playing his senior year at the Link Academy in Missouri. Uh, Johnson and his family have had a longstanding relationship with Rodney Terry, the Longhorn head coach. That dates back to when Terry was an assistant coach at Baylor when Trey's father, Richard, played for the Bears. Uh, huge day yesterday for Texas. Texas football, seventh ranked Horns. They're prepped for a trip to Ames, Iowa. Face Iowa State this weekend and Saturday night. Accolades yesterday for Texas defensive lineman Devondre Sweat, the 6'4", 340-pound senior, named a semifinalist for the 2023 Outland Trophy by the Football Writers Association of America. Outland Trophy awarded nationally to the nation's top interior lineman. And uh, Sweat has certainly been that this year. Senior from Huntsville has been the leader of that Horns' dominant defensive line. Longhorns have held six opponents to under 100 yards rushing this season. Through 10 games, Sweat has posted career highs with 35 tackles, 15 solo, seven and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. Also broke up a couple of passes. The winner will be announced during ESPN's Home Depot College Football Awards in December. Major League Baseball, speaking of awards, the award season continued. If you missed it, Monday, Baltimore's Gunnar Henderson and Arizona's Corbin Carroll named the AL and NL Rookies of the Year. On Tuesday, Skip Schumacher and, uh, of the Marlins and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles named the Managers of the Year. Yesterday was the Cy Young Award, going to the best pitcher in each league. Yankees ace Garrett Cole gets it in the AL. Padres left-hander Blake Snell in the National. Today, it will be the most valuable players. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable that <laughs> uh, Trey Johnson makes his announcement on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, that's that's pretty big time. In, in itself, it, it shows you why young people think Texas is the it university. Um, I mean, that's one of the most popular sports programs in the country. Um, he goes on there for an interview, which is cool, number one, because he's one of the best players in the country, and ends up announcing that he's going to University of Texas. The, the platform, um, him doing that, it, that's going to help Rodney Terry in no recruiting in the future because there are a lot of uh, young people. I mean, that's why ESPN wanted Pat McAfee paid him all that money. He's, his demo skews young. Young people, young sports fans love the Pat McAfee show. Having him on there is going to help Rodney Terry just promote the program even more. So I guess we know we answer to the question for Longhorn basketball fans, can Rodney Terry recruit? He can recruit. He right. can recruit. He can and, recruit. And, you know, and, <laughs> and the word, uh, the, the phrase I had in the headlines, longstanding relationships, that's what he has, right? He's been around the game for so long. Um, you know, he was a, the top recruiter when he was Rick Barnes' mm-hmm. ace assistant yeah. before moving on to, you know, Fresno State and UTEP as a head coach and kind of cutting his chops there. Yep. Um, you know, this is this is a huge win, I and mean, there's no question. You're right about Pat McAfee. And Pat, you know, McAfee was big on the Longhorn basketball team last year, if you remember. He uh, you know, became a big he fan. Was. It was down a few times, and I think that's where that connection really started when uh, when they did a college game day here last year, and uh, he got to be around the Texas basketball program. Kevin Durant was in town, and he became a Longhorn Hoops fan, and obviously Longhorns were about 10 minutes away from a trip to the Final Four last year with Rodney Terry, and now his first full season. This is big. I mean, this is a huge commitment. Uh, I said he's the, the, the highest-ranked guard since uh, – since Avery Bradley, but you know, because they're both number four in the in the in the industry rankings. But man, this guy Avery Bradley was a defensive whiz and just a great athlete. This yes, guy is a smooth scorer, six mm-hmm. five, can play the point, can play the off guard. Um, you know, his idol is uh, Kevin Durant. You know, growing up, uh, so that was certainly helpful in picking Texas and his relationship with Rodney Terry and his father. Uh, but man, this is a guy is you know one of the top players, and obviously you got to. 
G League will be involved in that coming forward. But if he oh, plays yeah. college basketball, he'll be here. And uh, that's fun. I also think that this team that, that we're watching on the floor right now is a, good, is a fun team. They're going to be a really fun team to watch, Rod. Uh, they can score. They can score. Yeah. They can score. Tyrese Hunter, I think, is in line for a big, big season now that he's got his uh, his cramping issues under control. Max Aismas, we know. I mean, you're talking about the leading scorer in college basketball currently. Period. Like no one scored more points in the last four years in college in Division One college basketball he's a than Max Aismas. He's a bucket. And so those both those guys can get their own shot and create for others. Caden Shedrick is the big guy at uh, you know six eleven. And that's something they lacked last year, right? With with you know length up front. I mean, D- Dylan Dessou was their tallest player. Christian Bishop, those guys would bang down there. But uh, this guy's 6'11", long arms, legit, big, who can um, who can play D and score. And then they're going to get Dylan DeSue back coming up, right? And uh, he'll be a nice – that'll be a really good front line to go with the back line. And then Dylan Mitchell is really the uh, – I mean, the, to me, the ceiling of this team will be how much improved Dylan Mitchell gets as this year goes yep. on. Because exactly. he's 6'8", he's springy, can jump out of the gym. Uh, but he's trying to develop his offensive game. Yeah. Uh, but we know he can rebound, block shots, get on the fast break. If he develops, man, this team becomes very, very difficult to handle on the offensive end. Uh, then it's about the defensive side as well. Yeah. No. If, if uh, Dylan Mitchell can become that, you know, three and D guy at the NBA wants oh, him to man. be, um, that would you right that six would, eight three and D guy in yeah, college basketball is scary. That would improve the upside of this team tremendously. But yeah, I mean they just have they have a ton of upside. Uh, we assume this team is going to get a lot better, but right now you can tell just off the jump they can score. They got guys that can score. Uh, hell, man, with that with that group, um, I do think you're right defensively. That may end up being because that was the identity of Chris Beard's program. Yes, right? it was defense. Um, and so you're getting away from that. It seems like Roddy Terry is going to have himself a different identity, especially when it comes to how he uses big men uh, in that offense. But, uh, man, once the defense comes around with this group, I'm not worried about the offense at all. No, I mean, I'm not concerned. That's right, and you shouldn't. I don't think the – and and that's where Caden Shedrick's exciting because he's a rim protector. And at Virginia, where he transferred from, that's what he was, right? I mean, uh, Coach Bennett there at Virginia, they, they, if they score 50 points in a game, they're happy. And <laughs> so it's about defense, rebounding, possession by possession, stall the ball. And Caden Shedrick was a big part of that uh, on the defensive end. But he picked Texas because he wants to improve and show his offensive game. And Rodney Terry and the staff, you know, assured him that, hey, you can come here. Come here. We still want your defense. Yep. But we'll let you get out on the floor. And Because Rodney, unlike Chris Beard, he wants to, wants to run a little bit, right? He wants to be – and we saw that even last year with the transition from Chris Beard in December to, to Rodney Terry. He wants – and Rodney Terry's always been the defensive guy, right? I mean, he reruns the defense. Uh, but he wants the defense to set up easy buckets for the offense, right? Yep. He wants that to, to get out and, and run. And Whereas Chris Beard would kind of stall the ball a little bit. Uh, bring it back. This team wants to get out and run, but that needs to come from the defensive end of the floor. And uh, we, we look forward to watching this team. And obviously, it's going to be a hell of a year in the Big 12. We have the number one team in the country in Kansas sitting there. Uh, Houston is a top 10 team and a Final Four contender with Kelvin Sampson. Baylor, who you just beat yeah. for, the, for the Trey Johnson. I mean, these are the best these are basketball, basketball, basketball oh, conference in the country. Without a doubt. I mean, even, even the okay. average to bad teams are pretty damn good. Exactly. And that's the challenge. And gosh, you got three, four, five teams in there that could win the national championship, you feel like. Like, right, or at least make the final four. I think you're right. So that'll be a fun challenge as we get into uh, 
uh, January and then, you know, into the conference season. But uh, uh, we'll look ahead to the Longhorns. But big get, Trey Johnson. We'll hear more of that interview with Pat McAfee coming up. Uh, kind of fun. Yeah, how about a national platform like that to uh, make know, your announcement? That's, to me, yeah, that's, uh, that's swag. <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah, the announcement's big. I mean, you show that Rodney Terry and his staff can, can definitely recruit. But, man, to make it on that kind of stage, that's – I said that struck me as, whoa, that's a boss move right there. And I'm sure that he had, he told Texas probably about it beforehand. And um, obviously you talked about how close that previous relationship was uh, with the family. And making it on the Pat McAfee show, like I said, I, the ratings, based on ratings and based on numbers and metrics, I don't know if there is a more popular show with the younger demographical sports fans out there. Well, my, uh, <laughs> my son Nolan, who works at the station from time to time, he loves the show. So oh, he's, no. Yeah, it's, he's, it's just, he's 22. He's totally in on it. Yeah. He, I, he, I, he liked I, it before it got to ESPN. He was listening oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Well, YouTube and stuff. I, I have glimpses of it, but like I said, it's, it's not for me. It's not my demo. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not It's not for me. I, I like the info from it, but I don't watch it religiously. Yeah. I know young people that Love it. Yeah, J.J. Watt was on there yesterday, so I watched a little bit of that. Aaron Rodgers going on, goes on every week. Nick Saban's on there every week. Saban's on there. They do a good job. Well, Nolan, my son, was watching it before it became the, the – I, I, I still remember because when he was in high school and then into, into where he's at now, he uh, – he didn't listen to our sh- my show much, right? Because he was up <laughs> off to school and whatnot. And then once he got a real job and he was working, he started listening, driving in. He's like, man, I like, you're, you're actually pretty good, Dad. You're actually all right. You're not <laughs> well, Pat McAfee, but you're pretty good. Who was paying the bills around here? Yeah, uh, 25 you're, years. You're pretty good, Dad. You're not uh, bad. But, no, he, he, but McAfee was his show back in the day. So, he, yeah, you're right. He's right. And you know who helped recruit Trey Johnson was Arch Manning. Arch Manning was, uh, wow. you know, because remember, Arch is a baller. Yeah. Arch Manning led Texas, uh, led his high school to a state championship in Louisiana. Yes, he did. Uh, and, you know, Arch Manning, people forget. And, we'll, and by the way, we're going to talk to Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas at 730 Love this morning. Jerry. Get his thoughts on how big of a commitment this is and where the Texas basketball program is going with Rodney Terry. But Arch struggled. Remember, he was an early enrollee in January. Got here for the spring, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, according to those close to him, he had a hard time with that. He wanted to go back and go back to back and win a state title. He wanted to play basketball with his teammates, but he had already been on that track to graduate yeah. and be a football early enrollee, which kind of tells a little bit about Arch. He was you know, he's a really good athlete. He wanted to go back and try to go, you know, win with his team. Uh, but he had to make that call. But uh, he's a ball. He's a hoopster. So there are pictures of he on social media when Trey Johnson made his official visits. And, you know, that goes, right? I mean, he's one of the top basketball prospects. Arch Manning was the number one football prospect. Yeah. Uh, they're they're similar age. And their circles run the same. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about that. And uh, so that, that's kind of cool. And that's, you know, that's for Texas. You've added Arch Manning and now this kid who – um, some believe he's the best prospect in the country. I mean, he's the rated fourth as a guard, yeah, but he's 6'5", and probably still growing too, Rod. Wow. He led Lake Highlands. If you saw him in high school last year at 6A level, Lake Highlands won the state title as a junior, and those who saw him were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now he's playing at the Link Academy this year. Yeah, to- but he won't be here long anyway. No. The, the way, <laughs> right? The no. way it's projected. It, if he does come, because like you said, it's still a possibility that he can go G League on this thing. Yes. Um, like, uh, who's that, Holland? Someone went G League. That's Ron Holland. Texas, like Ron, Ron Holland, Holland right, yeah. last year. Who's and projected to be the number one pick in the draft next year. There you go. Boom. <laughs> have you watched him? In, have you got any chance to see him in G League? He's I heard he's lighting it up. Actually. He's balling. Yeah, I heard he's lighting it up. He is a powerhouse. Yeah, so it, you could get that situation because this kid is that talented. Well, so but you also give, you know, you got you to gotta swing, right? You got to take your shot. Oh, yeah. And Rodney Terry landed him. 
and yeah. before he chose to otherwise, but he, he was the good. He can recruit. If he was going to college, he was coming here. He can recruit. Uh, Rodney Perry. Terry can sell the sell the program. Trey Johnson, uh, Cam Scott is also in this recruiting. The recruiting class, by the way, ranked uh, top five now for basketball for 2024. The window. That's what we mentioned. The uh, yesterday was the last day for the early signing window, and we told you yesterday and what's popping on the way out. Hey, watch for this. This could come down. Uh, today's the last day. Most people believe Trey Johnson will make his pick, but he cho- he joins Cam Scott, a shooting guard from Lexington and Lexington, South Carolina. Who who's rated as the uh, top 35 player in the country, and uh, Nick Cody, uh, a power forward from Carrollton Newman Smith High School. He's ranked 45th in the country. So three-player recruiting class that, and we'll see if they all roll in here uh, with the Longhorns. But Trey Johnson, obviously the biggest of those, which came down yesterday as the Longhorn football team continuing to prep for uh, – for their trip to Ames, Iowa. We'll have more on that behind the burnt orange curtain with Rod coming up. And uh, props to, to Vondre Sweat. He may, be, he may win this thing, Rod, this, this, uh, this Outland Trophy. I think he'll be up for the Lombardi, too, when it comes down to it. But the Outland Trophy. It's tough for interior defensive linemen to win it. I'll say that. Because they usually don't have the stats, and there'll be somebody in there with, like, stats. Well, last yeah, year the yeah. center for Michigan won it. Yes, yeah, so I'm, yes, I'm not saying all the time. It's, it, it can happen, but I say sometimes it's tough. If you don't have the – as a defensive player, if you don't have the stats. Well, offensive guys never have, obviously, old linemen. They're not going to have stats, really. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't looked at the list. Well, the last – well, I, I can't find the semifinals. He's just been named. I don't even know how, know how yeah. many there are. Uh, but so the last four winners, Panay Sewell won it. Actually, Quinnen Williams won it at Alabama in 2018. Mm-hmm. Ed Oliver won it in 17 from the University of Houston. Yeah, I mean, he, that was a stat monger, right? Yes. He was piling up. Then Quinnen Williams, then Panay Sewell from Oregon. Then Alex Leatherwood from Alabama won it as a left tackle. Jordan Davis from Georgia, who's yeah. now playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, won it in 2021. Yeah, Jordan and, Davis didn't have a lot of stats. He was just a dominant force. Uh, and that's kind of how Sweat, Sweat at the win, kind of how he won it. That's right. And then, yeah. and, and, and if you all got to do is watch a few games to see the impact he has on the game I when agree. he's on the football do field. Do they watch games? Well, that would help. <laughs> help. They're picking the award. Yeah, well, hey, a lot of people that pick polls and stuff, they don't watch all the games. Uh, well, they, they, it's, I think it's a committee of like 70 people that are yeah. like previous hey, winners. Previous winners helped vote on I this. If you, everybody's watching all the games, is my point. Yeah. Tw- no, uh, last year, the, the center from Michigan, o- Soligan Oluwami, uh, won the award. So now this is one because you know, uh, earlier this week, the Davey O'Brien Award, Quinn Ewers was the semifinalist. And one of the, the I mean, he's not going to win that award. I mean, there's too yeah, many other great quarterbacks, great quarterbacks. And now he's battled some injury. Uh, Quinn Ewers to be up for it is pretty cool. Yeah. We thought Jonathan Brooks was on track to win the Doak Walker. And now he's now hurt. Uh, but he still could be one of the, one of the considerations at that point, just with his 10 is games J- of effort. Is JT a semifinalist for the Mackey? Did we see that? He is. He is. Okay. A.T. Sanders, the final, semifinals for the Mackey Award. He and Brock Bowers, probably the two top tight ends in the country. So, yeah, this tells you that the Longhorns are playing at that level, that uh, across the board they have guys playing to that level. And, look, I, I, I do think Jonathan Brooks was the favorite to win the Doke. I agree. And I think Tavondre Sweat might be one of the leading contenders to win this award. I, I do. I think he's having that kind of season, and his yeah. impact is uh, – um, you know, impactful because his team is, you know, the best rush defense in the Big 12, and they've got a challenge this week. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, but congratulations to Devondre. If he doesn't win it, that's still – because remember, oh, he came right. back to play his senior year. He's a six-year player. Mm-hmm. He's just gotten better and better under Bo Davis, and uh, he is really – he, along with Cam, um, uh, the right tackle. Uh, oh, 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 for Texas? Yeah, Christian, Christian Jones. Jones. Christian yeah. Jones. Those two guys, to me, are the best examples of development at Texas. Those are guys that are six-year players mm-hmm. who bought into the Sark, you know, coaching staff and where they are. Neither were considered NFL players a couple years ago um, when they were – when Sark's first year. I remember going to the game at Arkansas when, when – uh, 
um, Christian Jones just got destroyed at, at Arkansas in year one when, when he was just like, oh, my gosh. This is a problem. In over his head. In over his head. Yeah. And to see how far he's come with Kyle Flood, and now he is projected as maybe a you know day two draft pick into the NFL at right tackle. And now Tavondre Sweat up for the Outland Trophy. And no, he was just a big body, right? But he's, he was out of shape. He couldn't be on the field for long stretches of time. And you've just seen the development of that young guy uh, into a player that might be a first-round draft pick, right? Yeah. Into the NFL when it's in April. Just because you can't coach 340. You can't coach the feet. Mm. You can't coach the, the, the strength. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can't move the guy. And he's pretty damn athletic the way he gets and uh, kind of lives in the backfield uh, with seven and a half tackles for loss and a couple sacks, the big you know, knockdowns against K-State. So good luck to uh, to, to Vondre Sweat. But uh, more luck for the Longhorns. They've got, a, they've got a tough one. Night game at Iowa State on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been watching some more of Iowa State. Like, it, Iowa State is such a strange team. They don't – watching them, you wouldn't think that – they would have this record because their offense is it's it's an underwhelming offense and it's below average in a lot of ways but it's improving week to week and I, they are trending toward a breakout performance offensively hey you could argue they already had one um and that maybe that worries me a little bit but this is a game that if texas just you know doesn't have a lap a long lapse like they have in the last three of the last four games in the second half, then they should control the game and they should be able to beat Iowa State. The concern is how does the running game look for Texas without Jonathan Brooks? Because if they can't convert third downs and they can't control the game and stay ahead of the chains with the run game, that's going to be a concern versus Iowa State. It is still one of the better defenses in the country. Their secondary is their strength in terms of personnel and talent to me. Um, and Texas, you know, they Texas they are built uh, defensively to be able to stop the run just the way they are constructed. But I think they have some talent in the secondary. If Texas can't run the ball and he's a one-dimensional versus Iowa State, it could be good because you do have matchup advantages across the board. They can't match up with you. Uh, but I do wonder if – you know, that will play right into their hands. you not having enough balance on offense. Well, Rod, you've taught uh, the audience about the three-high defense that John Heacock has really trailblazed. Yeah, pioneer of it. And now they recruit to it. Sark talked on Monday about how, and we'll maybe hear Sark coming up, talking about how they, they don't deviate from it. It's their system. It's what they do. Yep. And, boy, the, when you mention their secondary, we watch them on film, they're huge. They're big. They're big in the yeah, secondary. they got, like, little linebackers. Yeah, they're, they're big saying, back there, yeah, which yeah. is to come up and run support yep. and be, be kind of hybrid players. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that coming up behind the BOC. One note, that Outland Trophy goes to, so the committee votes on it. it. It goes to only interior linemen on offense and defense. You're talking yeah. about guards, center tackle, or yeah. guards and, and, you know, offensive linemen and then interior defensive linemen. So we'll see if Tavondre can – Bring that home. We come back. It's uh, behind the BOC. We'll talk uh, other top stories. Getting ready for Bengals-Ravens tonight on Thursday Night Football, which is a good one. Got some what the facts before the end of the hour. It's going to be another beautiful day in the ATX a Thursday. Uh, Let's roll. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on the Horn, be uh, Ian Rodby with you. It's uh, good football tonight with the Ravens and uh, Bengals. We'll preview that. Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, a couple of the premier quarterbacks in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, that should be fun. Uh, we've had some bad Thursday night games of late, but this one uh, stands out for sure. Also appreciate uh, our man T-Bone on the text line sent me the uh, – 
from Brett McMurphy. Uh, we mentioned Outland Trophy final, semifinalists include Tavondre Sweat. Uh, he sent me a list of the others. Notre Dame tackle Joe Alt is on the list. He's been playing great for Notre Dame. K-State guard Cooper Beebe, Rod. Cooper Beebe, the Longhorns. Uh, mm. And if you go head-to-head on that, the Tavondre dominated that deal. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State tackle Talise Fugua of Fuaga. Uh, Illinois defensive tackle Jazan Newton. Also, so, go ahead. So they're going, um, is all linemen? It's all interior linemen. But there are tackles on there. Yeah, tackles. That, that, that would so be it's, the one. So it's all O linemen and only interior D linemen. It's weird, it's weird how they're, it's a weird they're doing it. Yeah, it's weird how they're doing it. They're doing it now. The, the finalists for the Lombardi Trophy, they got Brock Bowers on there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. For the yeah, it, with the Lombardi, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you play in line, like <laughs> offense or defense, you can be up for the Expanding these definitions, yeah, they do. Of this stuff. Essentially, offense. Yeah, okay. Lombardi has expanded. Yeah, so it's, why not do edge rushers then? So you just go leave off the edge rushers? Why not just do linemen? Period. I do. They do the they 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 do announce the uh, Ted Hendricks Award, which goes to the. Because um, I thought that was all interior. Then they're like, oh, we put tackles on it. I was like, what? Yeah. Tackles on there? Uh, but yeah, Michigan guard Zach Zinter hmm. and Tavondre Sweat's only, only two defensive tackles on the list. The other guys are either tackles or guards on the offensive line for the Outland Trophy as the okay. Longhorns got a little That is special, go. though. There's only two D tackles on there. Just yes. show you that. Yeah, that's special. Okay. And uh, yeah, the Illinois defensive tackle. Uh, oh, yeah, he's Newton. a monster. They say he might be the first D tackle off the board. I saw some mock drafts about With him. Brett Bielema's team there. Yeah, they got a good defense. They do. Yeah. I mean, not much for offense, though. It's the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's the question. Right. Do they have a good offense in the Big Ten? Is Between there, is there... our Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, that's good. Those are like all like, what, top 15, 20 defenses? You know, that's a, you know <laughs> there's a lot of things that not like about the – state of college football right now is everything's changing so dramatically right but adding the you know the the pac 12 schools to the big 10 yeah. that'll be fun to see that contrast right because oh, the, yeah. the, the west coast teams are all offensively built i know oregon's got a pretty good defense but mm. that'll be a stark contrast to how the big 10 and the midwest and the it. meat and potatoes are built they need it sure the big 10 needs it desperately because nobody wants to watch marquee games where y'all uh, you know end up being a 36 straight running plays yeah nobody <laughs> wants, yeah but jj mccarthy didn't even throw a pass in the second half of that game nobody wants to watch football like that i mean nothing mm. against you it was a dominant nice win by michigan uh, brutality and force but people want to see points yeah and, and, want to see and passes. balls in the air yeah they want to see points and passes come on well and that's a good look i mean you know first eight years of my life were in akron ohio so that's kind of how teams are built there because they know it's going to get cold that's and, true makes sense it's kind of how uh, you know Matt right. Campbell builds his team at Iowa State. You're gonna, yeah. you got to be big, got to be physical, you got to be able to handle November and December right. games where it's gonna be cold and snow might and, be on the and ground. The West Coast and, offenses. That's why they, they they call it the West Coast offense because you can do that. You can spread it out and you can throw the football a lot because the weather's gonna be nicer. Well, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I also think, and if you look at it, Rod. Uh, I've always wanted to write a book about this, but uh, never have done had, – had, had the uh, – Hey, you got time. Got I still have time. house now. But, you know, I mean, uh, kids are out of the house. I do have time. Empty nesting, baby. But the uh, the whole idea of all the coaches, if you if – you, if you, I've always said if you like, put a pinprick and or a pin in where I was born and go 100 miles any direction – you the cradle of coaches the, there? The, the number, number of super high-level coaches that have come with – that have, were, grew up in that area. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, 100 miles either direction. 
Oh, yeah. It's like that, yeah, that Midwest area right the there. The cradle of coaches. It started with Woody Hayes and obviously back Notre Dame and Newt Rockney and all that. But so it's amazing how many of those coaches come out of that. Matt, Matt Campbell would be another one. And then they, you know, if they get out of it, then they can evolve and be like Bob Stoops, a great example, a young crowd of Youngstown, all the Stoops brothers. Yeah. You, know, you grow up in that, and it's, it's all you know. I mean, if you grow up in Ohio, it is football. I mean, you think Texas is football crazy. You grow up in it. And then as you, if you go out and then you can evolve, you can become yeah, you Nick get, Saban, right? You get the foundation there, right? Nick Saban's so in that list. Yeah, you get the foundation there, but then you get the influence, the outside influence when you go elsewhere and yes. you combine that with the great football foundation you have and then boom, like you it's, said. It's a meat and potatoes, yeah. you know, yeah. state. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a blue collar state and that's how you kind of build your teams. But then, yes, as, as we've seen, the, it's pretty amazing how many great coaches have come out of that. You're right. Centric, centric of an area uh, of the country. Yeah, I'm always amazed that, um, was it Eastern Illinois, I believe, that has like, I was like Mike Shanahan was yes. there and like Sean Payton. <laughs> they have like three, like three, four NFL coaches and it's like coach at this place, Eastern Illinois. It's like, what the? I think Tony Romo, by the way, is, I, I think that's this place. I got to make sure I, I got it right, but I think that's it too. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll one of these days I'll delve into that. And no, it's actually. Well, really use, you and I write it together and you can be the, the football theorist and do the deep dive research. Uh, but it's, it's deep, man. But, but it's pretty cool. Uh, but either way, that's uh, that's a good conversation for another day. Good luck to Devondre Sweat. Uh, we're talking Texas football, Texas basketball, the huge commitment from Trey Johnson. Yes, it is Eastern Illinois. Sean Payton, <coughs> Brad Childress. <laughs> is that a lot of – that's where uh, – yeah. They, Tony Romo. played quarterback there. Tony Romo. Tony yeah, Romo. It's, it's a nice little Jimmy cradle, Garoppolo. Uh, of like coaches and stuff that come out of there. Yeah. Hey, can we uh, go behind the burnt orange curtain? Texas has a big game with Iowa State on Saturday night. Longhorn Hoops is rolling. Let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Don't do it. It is Eastern Illinois, yeah. For some reason, Tony, like you said, yeah, Tony Romo, Brad Children, Sean Payton, Mike Shanahan. Just weird little connection there with the NFL. All right, let's talk about the Texas Longhorns and their matchup coming up versus the Iowa State Cyclones. Yesterday, uh, we dove deep into the matchup between the Texas defense and uh, the Iowa State offense. Probably went a little too deep. Might have scared some of y'all. Uh, and today we'll get into the Iowa State defense versus the Texas offense. I have, you know, been on the record multiple times talking about this three-high, three-down defense and that it has been a very effective defense against Steve Sarkeesian, and it has been. I mean, actually, it, it's uh, – you know, I've called it the kryptonite for Steve Sarkeesian. But Sark is on his way to figuring things out. Now, remember, my theory – was that against the three-high, three-down defense, you have to expose the three-high, three-down defense, right? Because its unique strength is its ability to distort and disguise pre-snap. And that distortion and that disguise pre-snap, it forces quarterbacks in a passing game to have to process everything post-snap, which means you have seconds to process everything rather than having your pre-snap indicators give you a better uh, give you a better idea of what the defensive front and what the coverages are you don't really get that versus the three high and that's crucial especially for a Sark office because Sark has an RPO based passing game his words not mine RPO is when the quarterback counts the numbers of defenders counts the number of offensive linemen in the box if tech if, if the offense has the advantage they hand it off because you have the advantage of the numbers in the box if not then you throw to the tag on the outside right because you have the numbers advantage on the outside if you don't have it inside then you got it outside. Well, the three high, three down distorts uh, the 
the pre-snap count for the quarterback. So you might get the count wrong. <laughs> you thought you had the numbers advantage, then you didn't. And you thought you may have had the numbers advantage on the outside, and you did not. So it causes uh, quarterbacks to have miscalculations right, in their RPO count. Also, in the RPO running game, it also confuses blocking schemes because they bring these defenders. It, it, we were just talking about it, right? Iowa State's got these these almost hybrid linebackers in their secondary. Both Frailers, one of them. They're huge. They come from the second and third level of the defense in their run fits. What do I always say? Just because I got six guys in the box doesn't mean they're just six guys in the fit. I got eight guys in the run fit. I got nine guys in the run fit, but I only put six guys in the box, right? And then the box count, that's what the offensive linemen and offensive players, that's what they're using for their count, right, for their blocking assignments, all right? I got this guy, I got that guy. When you don't have those guys in the box, yes, you have the initial advantage offensively, but if I got those guys in the run fit, all I have to do is be able to run the alley, all right, and stay in their lanes pretty much, and they can predict where the run will pop if everybody is assignment sound in the run game. So that's what they do. They don't have they don't have a lot of guys in the box, but they have a ton of guys in the run fit. And when they come from that second and third level, all right, to be forced uh, in the run game, sometimes the offensive linemen, sometimes the offensive players don't know where to block. They don't know who to block. Because these guys are coming from different angles and they're coming from different levels. And it makes it tougher sometimes. Sometimes they miss their blocks. Sometimes they're not assigned to town because they don't know who to block in the run game. And imagine this guy, Bo Frailer, essentially is a middle linebacker, but coming from the second, coming from the third level. <laughs> third level middle linebacker. And he's coming downhill. And they're downhill run force defenders. That's why it's tough on the run game because sometimes it confuses blocking assignments. So it, 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 it just, it's not in. It's not a defense that cannot be exposed, but those are the strengths of it. And when you force when you force the three high to abandon its disguise and its distortion, which is its unique strength, then you can get to exposing whatever coverage and whatever they're in. But that more than half the battle is getting it to declare itself. Declare your coverage, declare their front, declare their pressure pad, and give the offense better indicators about what they're trying to do. And the, the way that I do it is get extreme, right? Don't be a moderate, right? You need to be extreme in your philosophy when you face these three high, uh, offense, three high defenses offensively. Um, and that, you can do that personnel-wise. You can with 6-0 six, six, six line package. That's an extreme package, right? Heavy personnel package. Those are extreme packages. You can go, hell, 21 personnel would be a bit extreme these days because two backs is heavy run. You can go empty formation. That's an extreme formation. So Sark understands this. And by the way, Sark has used uh, some of these extreme principles. I look at 6-0 line packages this year versus the three high, three down. And based on my numbers, you're averaging – uh, close to 13 yards per attempt throwing the football versus a three high, three down out of the 6-0 line package, and you're really close to five yards per rush. You're, you're a little below five yards per rush. And if you go look at versus a three high, three down just this season, and you go look at kind of the overall um, basically yards per play, you're still close to averaging eight yards per play out of it. Now, you're throwing the football out of it successfully and effectively, I think, because teams, when they see six alignment on the, on the field, they immediately think run, and they go to their run defense, all right, because you, you know that Texas has the mass advantage, and they have, obviously, the, the, the girth advantage up front, and I think that's why you get favorable matchups on the outside. But getting back to it, 
Sark isn't necessarily using the 6-0 line package as much as I thought versus the three high, at least in the last in the stretch run, right? He's faced five teams now. This will be the fifth team that runs the three high they've seen this year. Wyoming runs it. Of course, TCU and K-State ran it. But remember, U of H broke it out against Texas. That was their tendency breaker. This will be the fifth team. So Sark's got to figure it out because half the damn teams he's played are running the three high, three down. It's that popular. Now, the way he's getting extreme that I've noticed in the last two games – and I'll give it to Sark. I didn't, I didn't see this on the horizon, but I appreciate it. Unbalanced formation. Unbalanced. When you have an overload of all your receivers on one side of the field, I call it quads. He's going with four wide receivers on four, not four wide receivers, four receivers, even a tight end, JT Sanders at times. If it's 12 personnel, he'll go with double uh, tight over there, offset wing with twins to that side. Essentially, unbalanced formation is the majority of your receivers, all your receivers on one side of the field. And he's done that, right, close to 40 times in the last two games. That's his way of getting extreme forcing the three high to declare itself and it's worked for them especially in the passing game they've been really prolific throwing the football out of the, those quad formations they want to be able to run the football more effectively my concern is that though he they don't have Jonathan Brooks so he still could go this route but against Iowa State that type of three high that is such a, a force of the run game it may be better to throw the football out of the stream formations especially empty formation talked to my man Ian Boyd about this and he agreed empty formation might be the way to go in this game just because you don't have Jonathan Brooks but do you want to expose your quarterback to essentially that much passing game and potentially with an injury do you want to expose him to potential pass protection issues well as uh, i mentioned it's it's a great breakdown but uh their safeties rod malik verdon is 6'4 225 they're playing safety yeah hybrid bo freiler is 6'2 220 Mm -hmm. uh their corners are big too i mean miles purchase is probably their best cover corner but he's 5'10 205 and then uh tj tampa as you talked about who's from Jack, where he, he's, he's from like St. Petersburg. Petersburg. He's to TJ Tampa, Tampa is from <laughs> St. Petersburg. Yeah. He's 6'2", 200. I mean, this is a real right. big, long secondary, yep. and it's primarily to, to fit to that three-high defense, and then they can come down in the box and support the run. And I'll say this, those big safeties, Rod, uh, you know, C.J. Baxter better not be tiptoeing up in there because uh, they'll come hit you, right? Uh, which I agree with you. Go empty, and you, you should – Texas should have a speed advantage, right? I mean, uh, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, these guys are quicker, quicker and twitchier than these guys. You should be able to create some matchups. And the fact that the weather is supposed to be pretty nice as far as that goes. And for, for Iowa in mid-November uh, at night, it's supposed to be in the 40s, but uh, doesn't look like any precipitation and should be a nice night to play football. Uh, that may be a good way to go if you're, you feel like your quarterback is, uh, is you know, trending towards being, being, being healthy with Quinn Ewers because he should be able to, to find it. It might be tougher in the run game. Uh, might be tough in the run game. That's what I'm worried about, too. Especially without Jay Brooks Mm -hmm. uh, in this spot. All right, there's some behind the burn orange curtain. We're talking Texas basketball. We had a huge day yesterday. Uh, We'll get you – this might be, you know, the national days that we tell you about, Ron? National this, national that, made-up holidays. (laughs) This might be our producer Ty's favorite holiday coming up. Made-up holiday? No, it's not National Boobs Day. It's not. It's, ah. it's something different, but it may be Ty's favorite day. We'll also get to the other facts of the day and having fun with you on a Thursday. Uh, we're rolling on, talking Texas-Iowa State, Texas basketball, and uh, the big game tonight in the NFL. Getting you ready for that. We've got a lot to do. Let's hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on the Horn, 16 November. It's time for What the Facts. Fact, Rod, 33 years ago this day, 1990. 
the great film Home Alone was released. Home Alone. Kevin. That's crazy. That's long. Man, that's wild. 33 years Yo. ago today. Is it a Christmas? It's a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, it's a Christmas Holiday movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Watch it at the holidays. Yeah, you got to say no that. question. Home Alone. How many Home Alones did they make? Like three of them? Three. And I only saw the first one. I, I was committed I, to the first seen one. It. I've seen the second. I don't know if I've seen I didn't it. see it. I like, they can't let that happen again. There's no But, I, you know, <laughs> probably too, too literal for they me. They can't forget their kids. Well, it's like Taken. His daughter many, keeps getting many, kidnapped all the time. It's like, Liam Neeson, yeah, why is your daughter always getting kidnapped, man? I haven't seen any of the second or third takens. I watched one taken. I got enough. <laughs> exactly. It's like, bro, protect your daughter better, man. I never Come saw on. any of the extra. extra oh, the yeah. hangovers. never saw any of those number two or three. You never seen hangover two and three? Those are good. Those are, no. those are decent. Yeah, those are decent. Taken two and three is one. decent, too. I, I was good with one. I think one of them is like his wife or something. It's not always his daughter, but still, you love ones, man. Come on, protect them. I have a very particular set of skills. That's right. <laughs> hey, Ty, so uh, today is National Fast Food Day, brother. Ooh. National Fast Food Day. How many uh, fast food apps do you applications do you have on your phone? This is good. Uh, yesterday, I used the McDonald's app and the Wingstop app <laughs> in one day, if that tells you anything. So. The Would McRib you, is somebody back. said... Because I, I said oh, it might. No. Oh, the McRib. That's no, McGross. No, say it ain't so. Exactly. It's not oh. the same. It's not the same as it used to be. I'll say that. I gave it a 4 out of 10 rating yesterday. Oh, it's not as good. I thought you were saying it's better. It's been improved. No, no it's worse, huh? It's worse. They're skimping on the processed meat now? The, the well, somehow say, shaped into a exactly rib? Exactly. <laughs> it was always cheap meat anyway. Come on, man. It kind of Ugh. feels like when you used to play with, like, Play-Doh when you were a kid, and somehow they made it look like a rib, oh, man. and then they cook it. I've never, I've never, I've never tasted a McRib in my life. I've never tasted a McRib. I don't even know how it tastes. I don't even know what it is. is there, so there's no bones in this McRib, right? No. It's no. It's like it's basically gross. a pork patty smothered in oh. barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh man, so gross. That is so disgusting. I've eaten breakfast at McDonald's and then I eat burgers, maybe nuggets. But I, oh. like, I've never the had Mc, the fish. The McGriddle is off the chain. Oh, that thing. Big fan of McGriddle. I'm with you on the nuggets. The nuggets are, are legit, and the fries are always legit. That's so probably just, what so I if you're if you're like me and probably Rod, you don't eat fast food a lot. Ty eats it every day. Might be your Ooh. day. Maybe just try something. Try they, something you haven't had. They should have specials then. If it's, oh, know. they do. I'll get you those. Okay. I all got right. those for coming. Uh, but, Ty, you say you have all these apps because they do give you good deals, right? If you're trying to be a baller on a budget, you got to be able to save. And you've got, uh, you get all kinds of good stuff when you download those apps, right? Yeah. I mean, you can get a free pretty much – you can pay probably a dollar for a full meal at McDonald's almost every day if you have the app. Well, if you have the app. Ooh. And don't you have access to, like, these secret menus that these uh, places have? Do they all have secret menus? Uh, they have some exclusive things that are offered just through the app. But, I mean, yeah, if for yeah. most of the secret, <laughs> secret options, you got to know that by heart. You gotta know, yeah, no, because everybody has a secret menu stuff, but you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta be in the know. Gotta be behind the curtain, Ron. That's why it's like secret menu. That's why people listen to the behind the burnt orange curtain. You get, you get the the intel, the deep dive. People don't know these Mm -hmm. things. They don't know. You only get it here. That's what the app is. That's what you're right. You're right. Gotta have the app. Then the Chick Fil A app, I think, is the one I'm thinking about getting. Actually, the what? I've the the only uh, Chick Fil A. I'm thinking about getting to Chick Fil A app because it does make it really convenient to just roll up there. All right, so on National Fast Food Day, if we're going to go have one fast food meal, let us know where that needs to be. Mine is Chick-fil-A. Mine Actually, is Chick-fil-A. I, had, I had Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, and Wingstop yesterday. I just realized. <laughs> what the hell, Ty? What the hell, man? These bats are on a budget, this, baby. Hello, Wingstop doesn't have a, fa- a drive through window, though, right? No, but they got an app. And and if you okay. order over like twenty bucks, it's free delivery. Even though I live I less than a mile away from it, I, I live less Ooh. than a mile when I had it delivered at like nine thirty last no, night. It was. I used to live near a Wingstop, so I went hard on Wingstop for like three years, bro. So I get you. Trust Never me, been. I got to go to order it, and the fries are all oh, the same. That's, that's the main reason Ooh. I get it. Those the little sugar oh. they put on those fries. Mm. Ooh, 
Ooh, I think I used to get like the Cajun. I think is there. Yeah. I don't know. I forget. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah oh, like voodoo man. fries or whatever. Ooh, man. Don't get me started. Now, Ty, you got me thinking about Wingstop. Damn you. It's only seven. Not even seven o'clock yet. <laughs> Almost. Seven. Can I give you a what the what the facts? What the facts? Give me I, one. I gave this yesterday, but it's worth getting. It's worth going into again, guys. The Bengals. All right, play tonight uh, and play the Baltimore Ravens tonight. The Bengals are one in twenty-three straight up on the road in night games over the last twenty-five years. Give me that number again. One in what? One in twenty-three straight up on the road in night games over the last twenty-five years. They are currently on a thirteen-game straight up losing streak in this spot. Last win in Philly in twenty twelve. So just. Keep that in mind. Throwing it out there. And also, night game unders. Don't forget, NFL games played in primetime window. Night games, international, et cetera. Doesn't matter. Now, 30-7 and seven to the under this season. That's 81%, folks. Hey, Straight uh, cash, homie. If you're listening, uh, this is behind the curtain. Ravens in the under tonight might be a really strong play. Just saying. Uh, if you're listening to those numbers. Those are trends. Yeah, man. By the way, congratulations to Garrett Cole, sixth pitch, pitcher in Yankees history to win the Cy Young Award, first since uh, Roger Clemens back in 2001 as award season continues, regular season awards in Major League Baseball. By the way, each of the previous five Yankees who won the Cy Young made the World Series the year they won. We Ooh, know like that, that. Uh, Garrett Cole did not. They missed the playoffs for the first time in his tenure. Blake Snell won it in the National League. Today, Rod, it'll be the uh, ALNNL MVPs and obviously Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr., the heavy, heavy favorites to win those awards today. Uh, those have trickled out this week. So we'll have that for you. We have What the Facts. We what have more facts? facts coming, including the Longhorns landing the biggest basketball commitment they've had possibly since Kevin Durant. Uh, committing to the Longhorns, and he did it on a national platform yesterday. We'll let you hear it. We'll also talk to Jerry Hamilton, uh, the, nas- the senior recruiting advisor there at Inside Texas and on three sports. His thoughts on the uh, the impact this young guy can have on the Texas basketball program and Longhorn football with Jerry as well. Uh, Rod will have a rant as well. We're rolling, man. It is a Thursday, one hour down, four to go on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod Big.